Just a couple of days ago, I was having a chat with a coworker who just received a promotion and is moving cross country to Cali. I let him know that as a member of my team, one of the things that I admired about him was the relentless way he went about his own self-development. This guy is always reading up on our industry, practicing different sales tips and techniques. He even learned a couple of different languages to prepare for opportunities. And he let me know in lieu of having him on the podcast, he would give me the title of today's episode, and that is Chance Favors the Ready. I'm going to let you know what that means to me and how I put it into practice here on the View 112 podcast. Welcome to the View 112 podcast. I'm Janita Morris. As an avid reader, writer, and businesswoman, I'm passionate about literacy and self-development. Here, I think out loud and share my perspective on life, balancing a career, and building a writing business. Let's get into it. Hello, hello. Chance favors the ready. I love that he gave me that title, y'all. It's right up there with Seneca the Younger's Luck is What Happens When Preparation Meets Opportunity. In other words, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And I'm here for that. Here are a few of my best practices to prepare for a professional opportunity. Number one, take a good look at that resume and your LinkedIn profile. I used to have a bad habit of waiting until I apply for jobs or for a promotion to update my LinkedIn profile and resume. And talk about stressful. Applying for a job or a promotion is stressful enough, let alone not having your credentials updated and you got to go in and plug that information in before, you know, turning it in or applying or filing for it, etc. Um, and now... Um, that I'm working on freelance writing, I've added a lot of the credentials that I have to my LinkedIn profile, and I've also built a writing resume. Um, As I work on different projects and I have different experiences, I've learned over time to make a note of the things that I've been working on. Um, And since I interview a lot of people, I notice that people are not either prepared to talk about their work or experience. Um, And I'm not saying it's because they don't have it. I think uh, I've done a good job and I've learned, obviously, as brushing up on my interview skills, I've learned to ask better probing questions and go a little deeper with candidates to uncover some experience that people have um, or help people along with um, sharing some experience if they do have it. Sometimes people don't. But when people do... Um, Sometimes asking a few additional questions, I can bring it out. But I have learned that a lot of people do not know how to either relate the work experience that they have to the position that they're applying for, or maybe they take for granted some small experience. Maybe it wasn't related to your direct role, but you worked on a project or something like that. And you don't give that as an example when it's relevant or someone's asking you a question. And I think it's because people don't make note of all the little experiences that they have. These things can't all go on your resume or all on your LinkedIn profile, but you should certainly be having a note of where, a note somewhere where all your experiences are. 
As professionals, we meet people all the time, and it's not always in an interview setting, uh, but think about when you network or things like that, how you meet people. And in my current role, I reach out to peers all across the country, um, oftentimes, you know, maybe based on a certain result that they have, I may reach out to them and ask them what it is that they're doing to achieve a certain result and vice versa. I have people reach out to me and ask me about things that I'm working on or how, you know, my team has achieved a certain result and I need to be prepared to speak to what it is that I'm doing in order to get there. And then that same thing when I'm applying for promotions or, you know, meeting people. And I've learned in, in again, in my current role that I can meet anyone at the drop of a dime. I could walk into work tomorrow and meet some executive and uh, they may ask me questions about what are we doing to achieve a certain result? Or often we're asked, um, you know, to put color behind some of the numbers. Anybody can read a report and check out numbers, but like, what is it that you're actually doing? And all these little experiences play into it. Some are really big, big projects, and some of them are really small. So being prepared to articulate what it is that you do, but also having that on your LinkedIn profile or your resume is really important. Um, People are checking out our LinkedIn pages for those of you who all have them. And I hope you do if you're a professional. If you're listening to this podcast, let me not assume if you don't have a LinkedIn profile, I suggest you get one. But people are looking at your profile all the time. And if your resume is posted online, recruiters are viewing that or, you know, there's all kind of software out there that analyzes resumes all the time. And so what is your LinkedIn profile or your resume saying about you to someone that you are not able to? How is it speaking for you on on your behalf? Um, A recruiter at my current job actually told me along these lines, speaking of what your resume can't say for you or can say for you, a recruiter at my current job told me that the way he found me was based on one line in my resume about corporate sales. I was hired at my current employer initially to do business sales. And out of my 12 years of experience, most of it has been in leadership and and yes, sales, yes, consumer sales. I had one year of corporate sales and that one year of experience in my resume is how this recruiter found me. If if that doesn't give you a strong case for why you need to update your resume and have a diverse array of experiences on there, then I don't know what is. Mic drop on that. Number two, commit to skill building right now. Speaking of B2B sales, my coworker I referenced in the open, he and I used to practice different sales techniques all the time. We'd practice different cold call openings. We'd practice different email templates. We'd practice making calls standing up. We'd practice making calls sitting down. We'd practice different ways to close. We'd practice different transitions. We'd practice different questions to ask customers. I mean, we practiced different skills on how to close a deal all the time. When uh, career opportunities first opened up in China, my coworker began learning Mandarin immediately. I know a few people who went to China, but he's the only person I knew that actually learned Mandarin. 
And even though he no longer works in China, he is connected with colleagues there and still communicates with them via WeChat in Mandarin, showed me some of the messages. Um, And obviously I was impressed. I could go on forever about language learning as it is one of my big lifelong learning goals. I can do a whole podcast about that later. But friends, do you know how much more opportunity is available to you by being multilingual? Um, As a teenager, I took a sign language class with my mom. And so this day I can communicate slightly via ASL because of that class. And I mean, that was many, many years ago. Um, I have a couple of coworkers that have taught me more signs over the years. And last year I was asked um, for my employer to go to a recruiting fair at Gallaudet University. And while most of the ways that we communicated with candidates, um, Most of that was using our technology, um, dictation and typing, et cetera. But still, I was still able to connect with some of the candidates by just a little bit of sign language that I knew. And I think that that comes with, and that's the important thing about language learning, is people appreciate when, even if you're not great at it, and I'm insecure about other languages, um, but even when you're not great at it, people do appreciate when you take an opportunity to communicate with them on their terms and in their language. And so even though I'm not fluent in ASL, just a few signs here and there um, really makes people feel welcome. We were able to connect with candidates, like I said, that other recruiters did not. No recruiter. And I walked around. We, you know, I was with a group and we scoured the place, you know, checked out our competition. None of them knew how to sign at all. Everyone was relying on their interpreter. And we had an interpreter at our booth and we also had a team member who um, was deaf and was also signing, but we also had signs and were able to connect on our own. And it was, it was an incredible experience. Um, And uh, now that I think about it, most of the skills that I've learned, I've learned with other people or by reading and practicing. Um, At a previous employer, I had an assistant and he would pull all kinds of reports together for me and lists for me. And, and, you know, list building is one of the things that I had to do at B2B sales and my current employer. And so um, not knowing how to do all of those things at first, and and it's easy when you have an assistant, you just kind of say, I want this, I need that. I wish I could find a way to connect with this type of customer base. And, you know, they would go in our database and like pull all of this information together, which is funny because they don't even know anything about technology at that time. But, um, you know, he would pull all these things together. And one day I was like, I want you to show me how you do this. Um, One, because if you go on vacation, I'm going to be so short, (laughs) but two, because I wanted to learn it. And anytime I need help um, from someone or someone is helping me do something I don't know how to do, I definitely want them to show me all the steps. I am not the kind of person that just wants you to do it for me. Maybe in a pinch, like I need you to do it for me, but I'm definitely going to circle back and find out how you did it. Um, When I first got into blogging, I hosted the blog on WordPress. And then I advanced. I wanted to begin learning how to host it on my own and have more control over my blog. And so I started hosting it on my own using Bluehost. And that was like a whole, I had to read up about Bluehost and watch YouTube videos and, you know, 
learn about, you know, a server and all this other kind of stuff. And it was a lot of work and I don't self-host my blog today, um, but I'm glad that's a skill set that I learned. Today, View 112 is hosted on Squarespace and I've learned how to maintain a blog on that platform, which is a different skill set and host a podcast. Don't even get me started. I've talked about all the different things that I've learned, like with GarageBand and, you know, all kinds of things hosting a podcast. And while I don't know where all of these skills will go or how they will manifest, I know they will manifest themselves in different ways and at different times. And I won't have to get ready when the opportunity arises. I'll already be ready. Number three, know what's popping in your industry. I'll keep this one short because I feel like I talk about it all the time. Read. Seriously, the major benefit coming out of the digital age is the amount of information that is accessible. Put it to get use. This is exactly why I don't watch much television. And no shade because I, I get a lot of people give me a hard time about when I say I don't watch much television. And yes, of course, I watch some. Like tonight, I'm going to watch Game of Thrones. I'm going to watch Ballers. I'm going to watch Insecure all tonight on HBO. And then, of course, when the NFL starts, forget about it. I'm all about those games. So yes, I watch some television. But on a regular basis, I simply do not have the time to watch that much television. There is so much other content I need to consume to prepare me for the opportunities of my life, y'all. Reading is my favorite way to consume content. And for quick reads on my industry, I check out Flipboard. At least once a day, I'm looking at Flipboard. Flipboard can be arranged by different topics like business, technology, travel, etc. And you can curate your own content by uh, from different places like Business Insider and Fortune Magazine. And I read literally dozens of articles per day because they're just quick reads and you can literally flip to the next article. Um, and that's really how you learn about what's on trend and staying in the moment and knowing what's going on in any industry, really. I use that for things that are relevant to me, like I mentioned, business and technology. Um, in addition to Flipboard, I also get alerts on my phone from iPhone, on my, on my iPhone and on my Apple Watch from Apple News. Um, similar to Flipboard, you can curate the content that you read on Apple News from different outlets such as Time Magazine and the Washington Times. And I get those CNN, I get those alerts on my phone. Um, and I also read and listen to podcasts about my career and industry. Um, I listen to podcasts about writing as well. I listen to um, uh, a lot of book review podcasts because obviously I'm really into reading and I want to know what's popping on the literary circuit. Um, I read Writer's Digest and I read Reader's Digest. I read so many things to just stay in the know. I get newsletters sent to my inbox from different places. Um, and lastly, I follow my industry on social media. Needless to say, like I said, I like to be in the know. Consuming all of this different type of content helps me to be in the know. And I, connect, I can connect with people about with just about anything except for movies. I don't really watch movies and video games. I don't play games. But other than that, I can connect with people with just about anything. Number four, practice apprenticeship. Yep, I said it. <laughs> Allow me to share an example of this from an episode of HBO's Insecure. The character Molly was on a video call with a colleague from another office in a different state. And it was clear that this woman was in a higher position than Molly, but the two ladies had a great working relationship. 
and Molly had worked on projects with this lady before. Anyway, at the end of the call, Molly mentioned that she had learned a lot from working with the woman and would be glad to work with her in the future. Um, And the woman thanked Molly and then she paused and um, said, come to think of it, I do have some big cases coming up and could use the help. And she asked Molly if she would be available to spend time between the L.A. and Chicago offices. And Molly said, sure. And I sat there, y'all, with my glass of wine thinking, that is how you do it. Do you know how many opportunities that are going to come to Molly, my fave on this show, by the way, um, from just helping out? Just that one slight offer of help at the end. And and now she's going to learn a lot. She's going to gain additional experience. Um, and I just loved that they showed that on television. For those of you who don't know, Insecure is a um, a black show on HBO produced by and written, I believe, by Issa Rae, whom I love. And, um, you know, their audience is majority, you know, black people. And I just love that they um, showcased that and all the co- the episodes um, and all of the characters on this show just show different walks of, you know, black life and, you know, Black people out here getting it. And I just really love that. And side note, shout out to um, Insecure, because on that episode as well, they addressed um, um, unequal pay because Molly also found out that one of her um, male white co-workers was also uh, making way more money than she was. um, And they were in the same role. Anyways, that's just shout out to Insecure HBO. Um, my point is, it's important to give help. And it's, you know, in a few episodes ago, I talked about rookie season and embracing your rookie season. And this is one of the things that you can do is be an apprentice. Um, I was just listening to, well, a while ago, I was listening to an episode of one of my favorite podcasts, the My Taught You podcast, hosted by my league Teal. And she had on author Ryan Holiday. And during my 112 Books Reading Challenge, I read two books by Ryan Holiday. I read The Obstacle is the Way and Ego is the Enemy. And I learned that Ryan Holiday worked for the Robert Greene, who is the author of The 48 Laws of Power. And when Ryan Holiday worked for Robert Greene, he did research for him, um, for his, his writing, but he also learned like workflow, but different tips and techniques while working for Robert Greene that really, you know, have made Ryan Holiday an incredible and amazing writer in his own right. I actually have more Ryan Greene books than I do. I'm sorry, Ryan Holiday books than I do Robert Greene books. Um, and so over the years I've started to, um, pay more attention to, um, this, this, concept of apprenticeship and offering help. And I think that being an apprentice or um, doing favors or working for people or doing things out of scope for people higher up than you sometimes gets a bad reputation. Um, And that's just ridiculous. There's so many things that um, you can do that will benefit you by being an apprentice. Over the years, I have offered help outside of the scope of my role for people that I work for. Um, I've done small favors like grabbing coffee to type in conference call or meeting notes when I did not have to. I've helped with much larger things um, like helping research points of a presentation and, and, you know, other things that I haven't that I didn't get credit for 
or, you know, no one just turned around and said, I, maybe I got like, of course I got like a thank you, but it wasn't like, oh, Janita help me work on this or et cetera. Um, and I've done work that other people, my colleagues have been, you know, claimed that they were too busy to do. And oftentimes in those situations, there was no direct payoff in the moment, but I've learned over the years that sitting in the right room with the right people when the right conversations are being had has paid off more times than I could ever imagine. There have been so many moments that I found myself in situations in which I did not have any direct experience. Again, not direct experience, but I've seen that situation or something similar before while I was in the room doing that apprentice work, doing that little favor, just quietly working away. Um, And so that's another way that, you know, I've been ready and prepared just by building more experiences for myself by being an apprentice for someone else. Um, Students, for my students that are listening, when I was in um, school, I was a teacher's aide for, you know, my English English teacher. Like, and I would, you know, read assignments and, you know, I would help grade work and I would like, clean the office and like organize lesson plans. And I was a, an English major in school. I learned a lot. I also learned about her, you know, what she looks for when she's grading things. She would give me extra tips on my writing and like, you know, that helped me get into to college. So um, being an apprentice and doing at work for someone in a role in which you aspire is another way to gain expertise that you may not get on the job or in the role, but that can prepare you. So that is it for today's episode, Chance Favors the Ready. Thank you so much to my coworker, Alex Kim, the inspiration for today's episode. If you enjoy listening to the View 112 podcast, please do me a favor and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. I'd also really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts as well. You can ask questions and connect with me via email at Janita Morris at View 112. And I can be found all over social media, LinkedIn. I've never shout out my LinkedIn, but my LinkedIn, Twitter, as well as on Instagram as Janita Morris. So until next time, bye. Bye.